Welcome to Law Technology Now with host Monica Bay, editor-in-chief of ALM's award-winning magazine, Law Technology News. Hear the latest about technology for the legal community. If it's tech, it's a topic right here. Good day. Uh, This is Monica Bay in New York, and my guest for this episode is Tom Ranelli in Los Angeles. And one thing we know coast to coast this week is that everybody is quivering over the economy and the ups and downs daily. We, We at Incisive Media have just moved to Wall Street, literally. I get off at the Wall Street station now every morning, and we're on we're on Broadway. And every morning, I walk past huge uh, a TV the TV vans with all the the equipment as they are reporting on the latest. I think the stock exchange is about a half a block from us, so it's been very very nerve wracking and in- interesting. And what's that old? Chinese curse, may you live an interesting life. That's certainly been New York this week. Tom Ranelli is our guest. He is on the left coast in California and Los Angeles. Tom uh, is the author of Green Yields Green in Changing Economic Times, How Green Policies Can Save Significant Money. That is in our October issue of Law Technology News. Tom, tell our listeners, if you will, a little bit about yourself and how you ended up writing this article for me. Hi, Monica. Um, I manage the uh, technology here at the, the Kirkland Ellis office in Los Angeles. Um, manage all the technology from the back office to the front office and also the services, including user support, the help desk, uh, and lit support. As far as this article is concerned, uh, I find myself to be an accidental evangelist of the, of, the, of the green initiative here in this office. I was starting off trying to find ways to save money, as I always do as a good manager, and I realized I was, as I was collecting these ideas that um, a lot of them could also be applied to a, to a green approach. So I decided to combine the two ideas into one, and there we go, we have Green Yield Green. And it's a terrific article, and again, you can find it in Law Technology News, either online at www.lawtechnologynews.com, in our digital edition, or print. Tom, I always like to give our listeners um, sort of a sense of the size and scope of the firms that our folks are dealing with. Can you tell us a little little bit about Kirkland & Ellis, how many offices you have, and how many users you're dealing with in your Los Angeles facility? Yes, uh, Monica. We have about six offices in the United States and three offices overseas. And in Los Angeles, I have about 280 users and growing. And how many total users are in the firm, roughly? I believe over 3,000. That's a really great size. And, and I'm just curious, if you, if you, off the top of your head, where are your international offices? We have one in the U.K., we have one in Munich, and one in Hong Kong. Oh, what a great combination. Uh, so all the law firms, no matter what their size, are facing these challenges. Um, what I found so interesting when you and I pro- were discussing the proposed article was the idea of how in a difficult economy these programs could come in. And one of the things that I preached since we launched the Green Law column about 18 months ago is that there's kind of a myth that if you adopt green programs in a law firm or a legal organization or corporate law department that you're going to spend more money. And in reality, I think what we're learning over the course of this column is that really isn't true. You actually can save money. And that's pretty much the theme of your article that that 
IT can be a leader in helping firms deal with difficult changing times uh, by doing these sorts of policies. And let's start first with a very interesting premise you had about whether or not law firms should do tech themselves. Uh, Tom, when is it a good idea to do tech? And when is it a good idea to say, you know what, there are people who can do this better, faster, cheaper, let's outsource to them? That, uh, that's a good question, Monica. Typically, you want to outsource those specialties that are rarely uh, employed within your office. The things that you do on a frequent basis can be done in-house, presuming you do have the in-house resources. And oftentimes, you do have the, the downtime for those resources. It's just a matter of, of assigning them their roles. Can you give us some examples? For example, um, uh, printers, which are I think everybody can pretty much agree are the the biggest bane to the environment that there are within an office. Absolutely. Um, um, Can be maintained internally by your staff on a regular basis. Uh, Routine preventative maintenance um, is very important because it would uh, make the printers run better, more efficiently. There'd be less likelihood of throwing out paper because of poor prints or because because of printer jams. There are other, the other things to consider, too, um, your, uh, your printers, besides your printers, your monitors, your, um, your other devices, your mice, your uh, keyboards can be also be uh, purchased um, in bulk, and you can, um, that would save you a lot of money and, um, because ultimately when you're buying individual items, you're paying more retail price. Good point. Going back for a second to your printer thing, what I found so interesting about your proposal there is it's kind of counterintuitive because normally I think in most shops, people's first instinct would be to say, let's outsource the printing and let somebody else deal with it. And one of the points you made that I was particularly impressed with was the idea that, you know, hey, if you keep some of this inside, not only will you be saving money on the big service contracts, but you're actually going to be engaging and keeping your staff because they're going to be learning um, new skill sets that will help each of the employees in their ongoing career. Have you found that to be the case in your experience? Definitely. In my in all my years of uh, law firm experience, I found that if you train employees, give them new skills, give them opportunities to stretch themselves, you're more likely to retain them than if, than if you let them in a, to do same, the same jobs over and over again. We're speaking with Tom Ranelli of Kirkland and Ellis, and Tom also is the latest member of the LTN Editorial Advisory Board, and we are very, very thrilled to have him join this wonderful group. Um, I love your idea of buying parts in bulk. It kind of reminds me of Costco. You know, it, it sometimes I think you know I have more dead mice than my cat could get um, sitting in boxes and every once in a while uh, our producer Keith Achille is here and he's works with me on tech support and half the time I feel like I bring Keith boxes of of stuff and say here you know is this useful to you because it's taken up too much space at home and you know sometimes they'll say no Monica throw it out and sometimes they'll say yeah we can use this so is that changing a mindset with the idea of of having big boxes of mice and whatever, yes, it is. Um, it, it, it's important. It's important to note that uh, the, all these devices um, can be recycled as well. And so, one of the key things that you want to do uh, to save money, of course, is to buy in bulk. And the other, on the other side of it, when these things do break, you do want to get rid of them in a an environmentally friendly fashion. Um, 
one thought also is, is that despite the fact that we're overly dependent upon wireless devices, they do consume quite a number of batteries to be more environmentally friendly. Go back to a corded mouse or corded keyboard, and you could uh, therefore eliminate the batteries out of the equation. Now, when we were talking about developing in-house talent, I thought you had a great suggestion in the article about how to start to to discover what you called hidden gems, uh, pockets of talent among your staff you might not know. You suggested that folks do an IT staff survey and testing. Talk to us a little bit about that and explain how that has been something you found fruitful in your shop. Oh, absolutely. Not just in IT, in fact. You can poll your entire staff. People do have second second jobs or, or second hobbies that could be applied to working uh, working in-house and um, making work product. For example, you may have some author, authors or editors or even artists in, uh, that do not do those kinds of things in the office. But um, given the opportunity, they could do that and they could substitute for outside uh, resources for things like uh, developing trial exhibits. That's a great idea. Um, let's shift gears again. We're talking with Tom Rinelli of Kirkland and Ellis. One of the things I was very excited about in your article, and sometimes these things, when you when you read them, you go, well, of course, but we don't do it. And one of the things that I thought was very, very smart in terms of dealing with the tough economy is to take a look at your contracts and to your agreements and with the changing times, be able to turn around and renegotiate those or look at getting a, a better result or, in some cases, eliminate some services that you're not using. Um, can you expand on that a little bit for us? Yes, absolutely. When we first signed our contract, we are very um, enthusiastic and ambitious about the types of things we're going to use from those services. But those, uh, oftentimes, we only use the primary services, and we forget the fact that we actually, actually are paying for things that we're just not using. So every once in a while, it's important to bring out those agreements, dust them off, and read through them and see whether or not there are services the company provides for the money we're paying um, uh, already. And um, at the same time, um, if they're not meeting their service level agreements, it's really important to contact that vendor and uh, negotiate a, a reduction in cost uh, to, to uh, address the issue of the unmet SLAs. It kind of reminds me of, uh, as so many of us are, are looking at this credit crunch and thinking, oh, what can I cut, of like literally looking at what you're paying for cable. You know, if you don't really watch Showtime, why are you paying for it every month? So I think that's a really, that's a practical suggestion that we could carry, not just in our IT environments, but even in, in our own lives. Because I, I know a lot of us are paying for a lot of tech and a lot of services that we're probably not completely using. Very good idea. Well, um, you are the customer, so you are in control. And people forget that. Um, you also suggest that folks not automatically renew contracts. Uh, give us some suggestions on that. Well, you must be very familiar with your contracts and, and, and certainly consider the fact that this, there's a lot of competition out in the free marketplace, and it's important that your vendor know that you are aware of your, their competition and that you're willing to change to a different a contractor depending upon the term, the price terms and the service terms. So it's at least 90 days before the due date, I recommend you pull out those uh, those contracts that are due for uh, renegotiation and consider how you want to uh, address those with your current vendor. I 
definitely insist that you drive the hardest bargain you can, especially in this this market where I think everyone wants to do deals and wants to uh, make them the the that your top and first source for for services, and um, the, so the t- while the economy is tough, I think it's it's a good it's a good opportunity for buyers to to make some good deals and get some good bargains. That's a great idea. Another thing I think our listeners should be careful about is uh, contracts that automatically renew um, because you get lulled into that and. It's amazing how many contracts, again, whether we're talking about business or even our personal uh, uh, stuff, automatically renew. So that's a good one. Sometimes that can be convenient and sometimes it can't. Absolutely. I would, I would, put, it on, um, I would put it on your calendar and, and follow, follow up on that on a regular basis. Also, one other thing about contracts, look for green clauses in those contracts. If those, those vendors are green friendly, they, that may be a draw for you and certainly a draw for others to become more green friendly. Great idea. We're talking with Tom Ranelli, and we're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors, and we will be back shortly with Tom Ranelli from Kirkland & Ellis on Law Technology Now. Think you need a video about your firm? You're right. Have your video produced by TV professionals and seen on Law.com, Legal Talk Network, and YouTube, and on your website, too. It's called Legal Channels. Check it out on LegalTalkNetwork.com or Law.com. Just click on Legal Channels. We're back at Law Technology Now. I'm Monica Bay, Editor-in-Chief of Law Technology News. And our guest on this podcast is Tom Ranelli of Kirkland and Ellis. Tom, remind our uh, listeners, if you would, um, what your title is and what you do. I'm the technology manager over here at Kirkland and Ellis in Los Angeles. I manage all the technology in this office. Terrific. Uh, We're going to wrap up the program with a quick discussion of two key areas where green policies can yield green, as in money. Um, And those of us in the industry, especially those of us who have to travel frequently, certainly are tired and cranky about how difficult it has been to travel. It's getting more expensive because of the gas fuel. The airlines are in so much trouble and they're all consolidating flights. And so there's fewer choices and we could do a whole program on that alone. But you have some great suggestions in your article, Green Yields Green, in the October issue about how to compute smart and travel smart. Um, Give us some of your favorite suggestions on that, Tom. Well, first of all, regarding traveling smart, while nothing can replace face-to-face contact with clients, it's always not necessary to do so. And it's very important to note that there's so much technology in the marketplace now, teleconferencing, video conferencing, web conferencing, and even uh, secure instant messaging that will uh, provide another layer of um, conversing with your client and giving that one-on-one approach, which you need and would save quite a bit of money and certainly be more environmentally friendly with a reduction in the travel. Uh, we did an article, I believe it was last February, about um, Cisco's telepresence and HP's product, which, if memory serves me correct, is Halo or something close to that. And it was pretty breathtaking. The They literally have full conference rooms where Everyone who I know who's participated in these say, you forget that you're, you are in a video experience because the folks are on screen 
life size. Um, so there's really been some amazing advances, especially with the increase in bandwidth and the, the um, sophisticated computers. It's one of the things that 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 Mac does particularly well. Um, so I would highly urge folks to take a look at that. If any of our listeners are interested, they can send us an email to lawtech at incisivemedia.com and we'd be happy to send them the link to that particular story. Um, what other suggestions do you have about remote um, remote work and, and other tips that have worked for your firm? Well, you mentioned uh, another part of the story, which was computing smart. Um, Clearly, there are uh, with modern computers, there are many power-saving options, which most people do not use, which would reduce their power consumption and, and then obviously reduce their carbon footprint, too. So consider the settings that you have on your computer, your printers, all your devices in your office. You have, for example, if you have on your printer an auto-sleep mode, make sure the auto-sleep mode is in- enabled and you have it set for a reasonably low time. Similarly, with your, your screen savers or your, your screen off condition, you can always set, set it so that your screen goes off after a particular period of time. Overall, um, if you learn how to compute smart, you, not only do you uh, can use those um, telecomputing tools that we all know and love, but you can also reduce auto emissions. Um, I think overall, there are many things you can take advantage of to reduce our carbon footprint and to save money. Excellent advice. Tom, if someone wanted to reach you, how would they uh, connect with you? My email address is trinali, that's T-R-A-N-A-L-L-I, at kirkland.com, and that's the best way to reach me. Super. Well, we have great thanks for you. It's been a fascinating podcast, and I want to remind our listeners that you can listen to this podcast from the Law Technology Now website, which, shock of shock, is www.lawtechnologynow.com. You can also find it with our partners, Legal Talk Network, which, surprise, surprise, is www.legaltalknetwork.com. And, of course, you can find it in the iTunes podcast library, which always makes me smile. As always, I want to give out special thanks to our team. That includes Jill Winwer at Law.com, Luann Reeb, Mike Hockman, and the fabulous Kate Kenny at the Legal Talk Network. And last but not least, Keith O'Killy, my fabulous producer here at Incisive Media. Thank you to everyone, and we will see you next time. Law Technology Now is produced by the broadcast professionals at the Legal Talk Network. Thanks for listening. Join Monica Bay for next month's podcast on the technology issues affecting the legal profession today.